Attention Inland Empire. Maybe you've heard of the terms float tank, sensory deprivation, or float therapy, but we have a question for you. How much do you really know about it? For example, did you know that floating takes all the weight off your body with over a thousand pounds of Epsom salt? In fact, the zero gravity environment provides incredible relief to achy joints and tense muscles. And not to mention, thousands of people have gotten relief from arthritis, fibromyalgia, tendonitis, inflammation, and chronic neck, back, and shoulder pain. The solution is heated to skin temperature so that after a few minutes you actually feel like you're floating in midair. Now you are in control of your complete experience and you can feel free to float with the door open and the lights and music on, but if you turn them off, it creates an environment where you don't see, hear, or feel anything. It's the experience of nothing. Now you can only imagine why so many people use the float tank to achieve deeper levels of meditation, enhance creativity, better sleep, and stress relief because it allows the brain to slow down into deep alpha and theta states to ensure you achieve complete relaxation at float state. Relax, heal, unwind. Great Expectations. I am Carl. Great expectation. What is that? What is that from? Anyway, great expectation. Uh, anyway, sorry, I got my ADDs. On. Uh, so <laughs> I literally just did it too. Uh, I'm Carl. I'm an alcoholic, and uh, my sobriety day is August twenty second, twenty fourteen. Uh, by the way, happy happy belated. Oh yeah, was, it happens. You know, you just, the time <laughs> goes on. You go around the earth one more time. Yes. Okay. And Another who are trip. you again? Who are you again? Oh, I'm Chelsea. I'm an alcoholic, and my sobriety date is February 19th, 2015. This is Sober Pod. Sober Pod is the podcast about recovery that doesn't sound like a podcast about recovery. We are not experts or professionals, just a varying number of deeply flawed individuals with good intentions. Carl, don't make me laugh. <laughs> you would like, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> if you would like to hear yeah. about the 12 steps, check out season two. If you're watching this on video, you'll get what I'm saying. Yeah, uh, season two of 2019 of the podcast for the years long sh- uh, coverage of 50 plus shows. <laughs> and it goes without saying, we do not speak for any recovery groups or organizations. And as always, we encourage you, encourage to, you listen to listen in moderation. In moderation. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> it's like being in AA. We all get to like fucking chant at the end of something. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so this we are. Uh, if you don't know, we are doing. We're going through the book Living Sober, and Chelsea and I. We will listen to a suction chapter, and then we will share on it, and uh, and that's usually how it goes. And this is coming off of um, AA.org uh, slash Living Hyphenated Sober Hyphenated Book. So Living Sober Book. So, and they actually have audio and they have PDFs of this stuff. So it's not like, you know, it's not freely available, but uh, by all means, uh, if you want to skip ahead or go back and listen on your own to just those things, you can go there and do that. But otherwise you can um, go to uh, uh, all the way back to, I don't even know when it was, March or something like that. New Beginnings is the name of the episode where we started doing the Living Sober book, Chelsea and I. And I've really gotten to know Chelsea in terms of, over the last 17 chapters, what she does <laughs> in relating to first things first and watching out for anger and resentment and being good to herself and looking out for overrelation, which we're about to go into. So, Chelsea, um, where were you on the night of the 14th? <laughs> the Who are the guys on the bikes? Who are the guys on the bikes? <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry, I'm having a flashback. Anyway. Has so, it really no. been 17? Yeah, dude. We are like... We're, that's crazy we're mo- we i mean we did double up on a few but yeah we've done uh a lot isn't that weird yeah we, yeah and there's and there's crazy. just way more to go there's like i mean if we're really looking there is 31 um chapters in this whole thing so we're okay we'll, we'll be set for like the year i think dude we're almost halfway through so yeah we're we're, we're doing pretty good um chelsea did you have a good week I did. I did not want to work, though. I really just didn't want to work. I love that. But you 
You got to go to work. I got to. I got to. I got. I. I um. I. I got um. I had stuff to do on a Monday, and uh. And and I was like, and you know, granted, it's like you know, training or like you know, just um, you know, uh, learning about you know the company or whatever. And Mm -hmm. um, but I was like, I was texting my wife. I was like, so giddy. I'm like, I have stuff to do. Like, you know what I mean? (laughs) Like, like I like I have a task. I have a responsibility. You know, it just it really did feel good. I got to say that, like, for as many months as I was kind of like trying to do my own thing or I was like not doing anything and just so worried and concerned. And, uh, you know, but I did well. I think I did well. You know, I don't think that I like. Uh, I didn't lose it too much. I, I was ve- you were very careful with our money, and you know we talked about it a lot. Me and the misses, which was great. You know, so a lot of learning experience in this. Like you know when when, when and it's not really even crisis. I guess it's just like when when concern is needed. Um, you know, pay attention and you know check in a lot with your with your people in your life. I guess is the idea. Um, you know, because I think you know I can go off on odd thinking, right? You know, I can. You know, it, you know, uh, one week I was thinking that we had to sell the house and then the next week I was like, you know, sell the car. Then the next week it was like, oh, we don't need to sell anything at all. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, I, but, but, you know, my that's what the head does. So if you're not yeah. checking in, you can really lose yourself in that mess. So but that's it. Um, that That's yeah. And then I had a, a, a birthday. So uh, so not only it was my my silverversary and I started my new job on the same day yo mm-hmm. that was like so that was double exciting actually i don't i didn't know which one was more important you know at that point <laughs> like i'm like oh which one should i be celebrating more you know so dude but it was nice well, to have you, some good news you know you, I mean, you wouldn't have a job if it weren't for your sobriety that I is mean, that, possibly that is the truth. you did work many years in your not so great state but well it, it let's just say that in that great, I did a lot of damage in those, in those yeah. years. <laughs> so I think the repair has helped a little bit too, just FYI for that one. Yeah. So I think, the, you know, word did get out that, you know, I'm a tolerable person, hopefully. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, um, so yeah, I think it's all good. I, so you just, you just worked all week? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Got my Nothing hair done. Nothing interesting? Nothing interesting yeah. happened. Nobody, nobody came in and vomited on your desk or anything. Oh man, um, not that I can recall. No, um, <laughs> I'm sure week. there was something. I'm sure there was something. There's always something. It's just kind of like next. So I hear you. I hear you. Nothing surprises so, me anymore. Well, as as long as we don't have any big news, uh, then we should just get on with our with our normal. Uh, our normal scheduled programming. Um, so we're going to be, uh, oh, I got to do the sharing. We're going to be listening to the chapter 17, looking out for elation. And then we are going to share on that. So I don't even know how long this one is. It's like, uh, oh, it looks like it's only like three minutes and 43 seconds. So if you, um, you want to skip ahead, go right ahead. So here it is. A great many drinkers, whether alcoholics or not, change an internal state of discomfort to one of enjoyment by the single act of taking a drink. This method of fleeing from pain to pleasure has been described as escape drinking. But thousands and thousands of us know that often we were already in a happy frame of mind when we took a drink. In fact, when we review our drinking records carefully, large numbers of us can see that we often drink in order to intensify an already jubilant mood. This experience gives rise to our next suggestion, which is be especially cautious during moments of celebration or times of just feeling extraordinarily good. When things are going great, so well you feel almost on a non-alcoholic high, look out. At such times, even after several years of sobriety, the thought of a drink may seem quite natural, and the misery of our old drinking days temporarily dims. Just one drink begins to seem less threatening, and we start thinking that it wouldn't be fatal or even harmful. 
Sure enough, one would not be for the average person. But our experience with the drinking problem shows us what that one supposedly harmless, fateful drink would do to us unaveraged people. Sooner or later, it would persuade us that one more could do no damage either. Then how about a couple more? Ceremonial celebratory drinking seems particularly tempting to some of us when we have valid cause for exhilaration among jovial drinking relatives or friends who can drink safely. Their imbibing seems to exert social pressure on us to try to do likewise. Perhaps this is because taking a shot of ethanol, ethyl alcohol, has so long been closely associated in our culture with fun and good times, as well as some mournful events. The connections in our mind can persist even long after we have learned we do not have to drink anymore. We know now that there are many ways we can fend off this social pressure to drink, as described later. Briefly, let us just be reminded that no situation gives us a dispensation from our alcoholism. The illness that is activated as soon as we start ingesting alcohol at any time, for any reason, or for no reason. For some of us, the impulse to take a joyful drink when we are feeling particularly good is even more insidious when there is no particular event to celebrate and no particular social pressure to drink. It can occur at the most unexpected times, and we may never understand the reasons for it. We have learned now not to panic when the thought of a drink comes into the mind. After all, it is a natural thought for anyone to have in modern times, and especially understandable for those of us who have had extensive practice in the art. But the thought of a drink is not necessarily the same thing as the desire for one, and neither need plunge us into gloom or fear. Both can be viewed simply as warning bells to remind us of the perils of alcoholism. The perils are forever, even when we feel so fine that we wonder whether it's really all right for anyone to feel as good as we do now. I feel really good now. <laughs> that was now. shorter than I thought it was. That's what she said. <laughs> oh my God, Carl. <laughs> so, so, um, uh, you know, I, it's funny, like I was thinking back to like the last time I like really, like a thought of a drink versus like the desire for one. Right. Mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, I think I talked about when I came back from my vacation and my wife had uh, um, margaritas in her hand. And I literally for like my brain said for like a second, hey, reach out and grab that and take a sip. <laughs> right. It literally did say that. And it's not that I like, but I tasted it in my mouth, you know, mm -hmm. like I got the thing and it wasn't like I was desiring a drink. But like, it was the brain. It was just like, like there she was like having it. And I just, cause that's like, that's kind of the attitude I would do in the bar as well. Like if somebody had a drink, you know, I, I, and like in there, I would literally just grab it from them and drink it, you know? And like, what does that taste like? And that's just kind <laughs> of like, you know, <laughs> I did that with just about every drink that crossed my path. But, uh, but ha like, do you, do you get the difference between, like, the thought of a drink and the desire for a drink, right? Because to me, it's, like, it definitely is a clear delineation. I think so, because when you desire it, I feel like that's that's more conscious, you know? Like, a more conscious thought, whereas, like, a thought, like, a just thinking about it, like, it's not necessarily a good or bad thing. Like, you know, it, it just is, yeah, just I guess. Just part like when you're watching Super Bowl or something like that, and a beer commercial comes on, and you're like, "Oh yeah, I could." Nope, I can't. <laughs> like you know yeah. what I mean? But, but like, then I even think even a thought, like thinking about it, like in your situation where you like maybe tasted it in your mouth, like it probably wasn't like desirable. Maybe like the margarita drink not the alcohol mm -hmm. itself was desirable. Like that's how I would feel. Or like when I see yeah, drinks yeah. like that, I'm like, Ooh, that'd be really good without alcohol, <laughs> you know? So, so I yeah, think maybe, like, maybe that was it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's like a difference there. And, um, I think it's just, you know, when, when, uh, it's a, cr a true craving versus like, 
you know, I'm just, that looks tasty. Yeah. So what do you think about this statement that they had here? Like, this experience gives us rise to the next suggestion, which, because they're talking about, um, you know, um, uh, we often drink to intensify our mood, right? And it says, this experience gives us our next suggestion, which is be especially cautious during moments of celebration or times of just feeling extraordinarily good. Like, have you ever, like, been in, uh, like, a really, I don't know, like a wedding or a celebration type thing, and you just, like, oh, like, a drink would be good right now? Or, like, have you ever been like that? I can't think of one off the top of my head, but I do have a good example of this um, with with um, a patient. So this is a patient, um, you know, someone who's struggled on and off with opioids, right? Has mm-hmm. been sober for a little while, has done great, just got engaged. And in my mind, I'm like, okay, that's wonderful. That's That's awesome. But then slowly things started like, slipping like missing an appointment here you know not taking medication on time like stuff like that and so it was kind of a red flag to me because I'm like good stress and bad stress can cause you to slip Mm. up and so um you know I I let the appropriate people know and everyone was kind of keeping tabs on him and everything worked out but um you know, that's that's kind of something that happens a lot more often than people would think is just because everything's going good for them doesn't mean that, you know, they're no longer, you know, they're no longer immune. Um, they don't get dispensation from their alcoholism, which is <laughs> means your, your alcoholism is not suspended just because shit is going well. Right. Yeah. And that's kind of. Yeah, exactly. Saying. So you have yeah. to be. um you have to have your guard up. You have to be really, I think, invested in recovery and not just being sober. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you're not mindful of what thoughts are going to lead you to a drink or what behaviors will lead you back to a drink, um, it, chances are like a, a good thing happening will be an easy way for you to pick up again. Um you know, and and I get it because, like, if I'm watching the Super Bowl with my whole, like, extended family and everyone's drinking, well, yeah, like, if my team's playing and they're winning, like, yeah, of course I want to drink, um, would want to drink is what I'm trying to say. You know, it'd be easy to yeah. to want to join in because it's a happy time and drinking would make it even happier, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I know, yeah. I know now after years, like that's the farthest thing from happiness for me. Exactly. And that's where, like I say, you know, even like we were on our cruise and it, it was like, I was like, oh, reach out and drink that. And it was like, but there was an instant thought right after that that said like, stupid brain, like, <laughs> like what the fuck are you thinking? Right. And, <laughs> and, and nothing was going wrong. Right. Like, everything was going great. It was, we were on vacation having a wonderful time. And so, you know, and I, and I don't know if I, like for me, um, um, like it's been, uh, you know, I think what they talk about, like this exhilaration of like, you know, um, like if you go to a concert, for instance, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's all these, it's like, that's a thing. And like everybody's doing it and it's like, it's exciting. And that, and like, well, wouldn't a drink make this better? And I <laughs> like, that's the thought that could come across your brain. And if mm-hmm. you're not paying attention, like you said, like if you're not having, if you're not choosing the lifestyle, I guess, of recovery versus just being sober, it is so easy to slip right back into that thing. Cause you're not, again, a lifestyle of recovery, I feel is like changing the patterns and behaviors that we learn, um, you know, uh, for our lives, not necessarily, um, like, you know, uh, uh, not doing something like not drinking, right. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, a pattern of behavior and recovery is to do something different. So, um, and so, you know, I, I think, um, you know, I've been in those moments where, um, you know, everybody ha- around me has been like partying and drinking or into concert. And I just like and I but I see it very differently today. I just kind of go like, oh, like that's going to be a rough ride home or <laughs> like that's not going to feel good tomorrow or geez, I'm just glad I don't do that every day now, you know, because, boy, yeah. that was just a hard road to ride, you know. So so have you. I have a question. Have you 
been in a situation where you felt socially pressured into drinking, like in your recovery? Oh, socially pressured. Um, well, I've I've had, I think, two instances, uh, and it's because I was trying to hide my recovery as much, right? Mm, gotcha. And I also wasn't, and it was early recovery, and I didn't have like a foundation enough to just say fucking no yet. You know, mm-hmm. like I think I was like before I was like nine months, I really didn't have like a, though I didn't even have the language of like, like I don't drink. Like that would not come out of my mouth. Like, you know, yeah. it's like, um, and also it was around people that I had been with for a long time too. So they would go, since when? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, uh, like, who the fuck um, are you? Where's Carl? Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> so um, I had an instance where, um, uh, you know, I I had, uh, um, I don't even know if I'm even at liberty to say right now, but I had somebody say like, yeah, you're going to go and have drinks with this person. And it was a situation where um, this person, you know, shouldn't be saying that stuff, but they did. And, um, and that person didn't know anything about my recovery or anything. And they were just like kind of saying, yeah, you're going to go be buddy, buddy with this person and have, have a bunch of drinks. And I was just like, in my head, I was like, fuck you if I am, you know, (laughs) but I was like, hell yeah. You know, I said, whatever. And then, um, and then I did get invited to go for drinks, uh, by a, um, by an employer. And, uh, that was, that was really strange. You know, because I had to turn it down and I didn't, you know, people were going out for drinks, you know, and um, and I don't know if it was social pressure, really. It was for me, it felt like it. But for mm-hmm. them, it was just normal stuff like, hey, we're going to go get drinks. Do you want to come? You know, yeah. and I am like and I, I just remember, no, no, I got to work. I got to work. And, you know, oh, what are you working on? That kind of shit. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I got to just get this done. You know, whatever. So um, what about you? Have you? Yes. So, um, one time was at a concert again, I think it's more memorable in early recovery because that's when you're Mm -hmm. so like raw and kind of like, you know, vulnerable. You don't know how to say like, I have a problem with alcohol. Yeah. Um, without sounding, I don't know. Like without sounding fucking <laughs> strung out. Yeah, exactly. I have a problem with alcohol. Sorry. You start breaking down. <laughs> the first time I went to, and this was like really early on, like maybe a month after I got sober, I went to a concert and we had a couple family members there and they were drinking and they were like, hey, let me buy you a drink. And I was like, oh no, like I'm good. I'm good. No, like we're going to buy you a drink. What do you want? And I was like, no, I, I, I'm not drinking. And they're like, come on. You know, like it just kept <laughs> going on. And I was like, oh my God. And I was like, yeah, I'm not, I'm driving, you know, like I'm, come I'm, on, I'm just, driving. This is the one with the teeth. That's kind of how it was. Um, <laughs> just a shot then. How about so just it a was, shot? <laughs> but then it made me really anxious going forward about going to concerts oh, because of yeah. that experience. Yeah. And then the other time I was at like a Christmas get together, um, Christmas Eve, something like that. And, you know, I had a friend come up to me and say, when are you going to be done with your sabbatical? And I was like, I'm afraid of what will happen if, <laughs> like, if I when, when did I become a college professor? Like fuck you. Yeah, <laughs> like, I'm just what like, does it mean sabbatical? What is it? Is they like, like when are you gonna break? like stop uh, stop your break from drinking? Is that it? Yeah, that's oh, that's, that's what I interpreted as, and I was just like, I told her, I was like, honestly, I'm scared of what will happen if. I pick up another drink or if, if I take another drink and she was just kind of like, mm, like, and just walked away. And I felt so isolated mm-hmm. and like everyone was staring at me. Mm. I was so uncomfortable after that. So I, what I want people to get out of this is shit's going to happen. Like you're going to come, you're, you're going to be in these situations, make sure you're equipped to, be prepared for that. So for me, for me, what I would do is I would bring my own drinks. So I would bring like Gatorade, lemonade, Sprite, 
my own little stash so I didn't have to worry about not having something in my hand. Clarify stash. Clarify stash. Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> Remember the audience. <laughs> yes. Fair. My my stash of non-alcoholic beverages. Ah. Yes. That's what I mean. Um, so I would do that. And then second thing is I always brought my own car. So I had a little getaway if I needed to, you know, get on out of there. Mm. What about you? Did you have like a game plan or? Um, yeah, I I, I started to have game plans, which is um, because I didn't, you know, you know, the wife wanted to go with, you know, couples and do other things or she, you know, w- just whatever it was. And it, you know, a lot of it was like even game plans just for my own functions, even though they did not host alcohol. Right. Like, mm-hmm. you know, the family stuff like I, I needed to have like sponsors phone number i needed to have other phone numbers that like part you know part of my thing is like most of the time in early sobriety i was arguing i was uh uh, you know uh, angry with the family those types of things because i just couldn't i was overly sensitive i was like everything they said i was just like ah you know and like i just i was just so emotional and you know because i was just raw right just a fucking Mm -hmm. full of raw emotion so anything they said like hurt my fucking feelings you know and so, um, so I go, you know, stomping off or, you know, go for a walk, uh, like you say, uh, uh, going, uh, you know, early I was like, you know, again, I was vaping and I was, uh, smoking that definitely helped. I love, you know, that was like a talk about uh, crisis management, uh, material. <laughs> like that's the shit that I would like totally abuse, uh, just to like, um, kind of get through whatever could even be like work, right? Like work. I would be like, oh shit. Like, you know, I would definitely call people, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, from my work and. Uh, not from my work, but uh, call uh, other people in the program. Uh, if I was just even making the call and leaving a voicemail was enough, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, or you know, again, calling my wife or whatever. Um, but yeah, I having a drink in your hand, you know, those types of things, uh, driving your own car. I, I actually for work, I, whenever we went places, I said, I just need to have my own car. Like I just, mm-hmm. I just, I would say, you know, I'm just not really comfortable driving with other people. I'm just going to take my own car. And I would just say stuff like that because it was like, I didn't know what else to say. So then, and again, we'd all be out to lunch and those, you know, when I was, you know, uh, <laughs> had my own business and did the, you know, the, the, the drinking during the lunch hours, like that shit's pretty <laughs> triggering. Right. You mm-hmm. know? And I would just be like, nah, I'm fucking taking my own car. Cause I don't know how many wines they're going to have. I don't know who's the, but you know, nobody ever did. That was the best part. Right. Like nobody ever, like I never had to leave early, you know, because somebody was over and by, <laughs> you know, it was just me. I was the one that always was like going off, you know? So what about, what about you? Oh no, we already talked, we already talked about you. <laughs> so, like enough about you <laughs> yeah enough about you more about me <laughs> so um so i i guess um i don't know I, it, do, you, do you think we pretty much covered it or is it there's got to be more but you know it says something about like uh um the social pressure to drink is described in like chapter 26 you know mm. so i guess so we could wait for maybe another 10 more episodes <laughs> 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 we'll get back to that <laughs> yeah, yeah we'll get back to it so um you know, I, I guess, you know, I think it's one thing. It's like maybe this all really does depend on like early sobriety versus like years versus a little bit more long term, whether like mm-hmm. you're really taking a lot of, um, you know, because today, like, you know, like, for instance, we just went out, um, went out, feels like we went out last night. I uh, went to karaoke at the at this the Serenity Club, at, you know, the local one. And, you know, had a great freaking time, you know, running around and just, you know, I mean, a great freaking time. It's like it's different. It's like, you know, um, this great freaking time did not like involve drinking, obviously. Um, but it also did not involve like saying things that I would regret or, you know, uh, I I kept my clothes on for the most part. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, you know what I mean? Like, so um so not a lot of great elation going on there, but, uh, but, but, but there was, you know, people having fun and it was joyful and it was celebratory and it was like all those things that you would get out of like, you know, that atmosphere of everybody doing karaoke. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, but no time did it was I like, Oh, you know, I'm, you know, I, uh, I'm thinking about drinking or whatever. Right. Like, and I didn't, you know, it didn't ever like, I mean, actually it was funny because people were like singing songs about alcohol the whole time. 
Uh, <laughs> but, but, yeah, at the Serenity like, Club? Oh, yeah, totally. It's like, you know, <laughs> you'd be surprised at how much is still... Uh, but, you know, it's funny, like, all the songs that we were all... Uh, you'd be singing about alcohol. It's like, you, they're, they're kind of all, like... Uh, all the songs about alcohol are pretty, like, you know... Um, like they're all warnings about like not drinking alcohol if you really yeah. think about it. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so it's kind of ironic, but, um, but yeah, no, I, I think the only thing that really, I think it kind of goes back to that first things first or taking the first drink kind of scenario in this stuff. Um, I think that they you know alluded to it, which is, um, you know, it's like we should always be reminded about like what it, what it means for us to take a drink uh, and what the, you know, and that when they, they what did they say uh the for unaverage people right like um <laughs> you know, they said uh, supposedly you know harmless and faithful drink uh you know would do to the unaverage people like us right and um and that's kind of the truth of it because we can get a little distance away from it even like you know um like i remember being 90 days and i was like oh i you know i'm just making too big deal out of nothing it was like oh you know it wasn't that bad and it's like and and I'm I never really said that out loud to anybody, but I said it to myself. And I think that that's the most dangerous kind of conversation mm-hmm. because I am like, oh yeah, it wasn't that bad. And then when I started going to AA, well, when I started to want to drink again, really want to drink again, I went to AA, and and then now I realize like, holy shit, like what my brain was doing to me, like what I was preparing to do, and I was literally preparing to have another drink, thinking like, oh, it's you know that i was making too big a deal out of nothing i wasn't really yeah it wasn't really all that bad even though every like self-exam that i ever took said go straight to a treatment center (laughs) do not pass go you're you know what i mean so what do you think about that like trick of the brain and you know i'm gonna just make this longer um like i sat in a meeting the other day and it's like you know people with like 20 years 30 years and you know and everybody and then one person said something like well you know like uh you know this is like you know cunning baffling powerful stuff right like that it's gonna like like you can't do anything to defend against the drink basically and i sat there thinking to myself if i can't do anything to defend against that drink then what the fuck am i doing sitting in aa what Mm -hmm. the fuck am i doing with the 12-step process that i have to abide by you know what i mean it was just like you guys are all stupid <laughs> like you guys talk out of both sides from, of your ass. That was like from, from an old timer. Yeah, it's coming from an old timer. You know, saying that like you know that like you can't like it can just it's so insidious it'll just sneak up on you and just it'll just take a hold of you, right? And I I just I don't I don't subscribe to that at all. I mean I yeah. can't because I say like because here's the thing they then why do we say shit like keep coming to meetings? Why do we say stuff like you know don't forget you know your last drink? Right. Why do we say stuff like, you know, don't lose that sobriety date, do anything you can to keep it. You know, it's like there's just, you know, uh, uh, work the program, you know, <laughs> et cetera, call people, et cetera, et cetera. You know what I mean? Like, why would there be this this daily um, inventory process if by oh and prayer for that matter and meditation for that matter, all this mm-hmm. stuff around that stuff. Why would that stuff be there if, you know, it suddenly just fucking snuck up on you? and bitch you on the fucking back like a rabid fucking bear out in the woods, you know? I I just, I just can't subscribe to that. You know, what about you? I agree. I think, um, you know, that makes sense if you're simply being a sober person and not doing all of the things that you just mentioned, whether or not that's AA related or you're doing some other program or you're in therapy therapy, or whatever whatever it looks like for you if you are taking an active role in staying sober i think um the odds are good and you're you're going to have a better defense against the first drink right but if you're just a sober person not doing anything then yeah, of course it's going to sneak up on you because you haven't created a barrier between you and that drink. You know, maybe mm-hmm. it's it's like a it's like a a curtain more than a door. You know, mm-hmm. you just have mm-hmm. to like reach through and and there you are. So I can understand that, but I don't think 
it's helpful to say things in the way that that person said it because then it's like well if it's gonna get me then why who the fuck cares then who the fuck cares then i might as well just go about my life and not not concern not worry about it all the time or not just all the time but not even like do things in order to take the necessary steps to uh, you know to alleviate the impact of thinking about it right or having Mm -hmm. it cross your mind and you know so that's the thing is like um you know i think that there's a healthy level of that too right where you do have a a a healthy relationship with your recovery you know just just Mm -hmm. as much as you had an unhealthy relationship with alcohol i guess right you know there's a healthy relationship with recovery and there's a balance for all that stuff too and that balance like makes it more pleasurable to enjoy life and to stay in recovery and to do that kind of a thing. But I don't believe in like the fucking alcohol boogeyman is just waiting <laughs> and it's suddenly going to fucking pounce on me when I fucking least expect it. Because, you know, there's no, you know, and they see, they talk about there's no mental defense against the first drink, right? And, and, and that's, that is true. No mental defense, right? But we're talking about actions we're talking about spirituality we're talking about you know god you know in those sense you know it's like a different connection we're talking about behavioral activities all these things that like you would not that are not just just a mental defense right so i Mm -hmm. think that sometimes this, this message gets you know convoluted and gets pared down or gets pulled out of context and it's like you know when they hear like we have no mental defense against that first drink they don't un- like they take that as like it's just going to you know it's just, it's just going to jump you in the woods and you're fucked you know so yeah boo <laughs> you know so well, and i think yeah. like just to illustrate you know that why i believe it, what i believe is there have been i'm just thinking like there was even a, a patient this past week who told me you know yeah i drank but honestly, I don't know why. And mm-hmm. I hear that a lot by people who mm-hmm. relapse. But I can tell you that they've had a pre prelapse, you know, like a they have started not a prolapse. Back, a prelapse. <laughs> a prelapse. <laughs> Before the relapse, they started um slipping, you know, like with maybe not going to meetings or maybe like um doing a little more risky behaviors, hanging out with... Stinking thinking. Exactly. So if you are an alcoholic, maybe you shouldn't go play pool in a bar, you know, when you're newly sober. Sure. Um, maybe you shouldn't go out with people to a bar when you're you're trying to stay sober. Um, you're should putting not yourself- be brewing home beer. Yes. <laughs> at, mm-hmm. For your hobby. Uh-huh. <laughs> but you know, it, it goes for any substance, right? Yeah, and yeah. and the people that tell me I don't know why, I get it. They don't know why yet, but yeah, uh, or maybe point. they they can't think of, you know, what led them there, but every time I've seen it, it's because they're not putting in the effort to be in recovery rather than just being someone who doesn't drink or doesn't use drugs. And don't forget to, not to add that, you know, it's also because they're an alcoholic. <laughs> like that yes. Be, might be a real reason. big one right there. It might be a yes. very, and yeah, I think that's just like, um, so I, I don't know if they're splitting hairs or whatever, but, but I sat there, it's like so funny because I'm sitting there in meetings and it's like I just want to like stop the meeting and argue with the guy, right? Like and go like, excuse well, me, wait a sir. Minute. Excuse me. Like somebody, yeah. But according to your point, we sh- then fuck it. We shouldn't even be here, right? Like that it's all yeah. just a crapshoot anyway. So let me just fucking run out into the street and fucking run into the freeway and see if I get hit by a fucking bus. You know, it's just like it just seemed to make no sense to me. So that's the thing is like I I I wanted to like take this opportunity to like say like say it out loud it's like alcohol is not the fucking boogeyman it's not the fucking thing you know my relationship with alcohol is the problem right the way i mm-hmm. operate when i ingest alcohol is the problem you know um like it's funny my my you know I, I, my wife i don't think that's the thing i don't think my wife would have been too comfortable in the first couple of years bringing home uh her dessert wine she calls it dessert wine right and uh so but it's she dessert wine. it's it's it's, it's 
It's it's like a little less alcohol than wine, and it's a little like more bubbly. It's kind of, I don't you know I couldn't even tell you because I never drank a dessert wine myself, <laughs> um, but but it's a dessert wine. But now you know now I mean she she's having like two glasses or whatever, and it's like she never did that before. She never did anything, and then again. Um, you know, because of my recovery, like she would have never brought that shit into the house. Right. Yeah. But, and that's the thing she, she asked at one point, Oh, do you mind? And I forget when it was, I think it was like her brother coming over. Right. And it was for like a Christmas thing. She's like, do you mind if my brother brings alcohol? You know, it's Christmas, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. And I was like, no. And I'd like literally had gotten to that stage where I was like, yeah, like, you know, I'm the one with an alcohol problem, not you guys. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. you you know, so, and I, and I really understood then it was my responsibility to own my recovery and like nobody else's. So when mm-hmm. those thoughts do come up of me taking a drink or wanting to take a drink, if I want to stay sober, it's my responsibility to fucking do something about it, to call mm-hmm. somebody, to go to a meeting, to talk about it, to write about it in my journal, to meditate, to pray, to do all the th- go for a fucking run, eat fucking healthy, get enough fucking sleep. You know, don't be angry. Don't be lonely. Don't be fucking tired whatever the fuck it is right mm-hmm. it's my it's my responsibility and so that's just kind of the stuff so when you say like for those people that like they say i don't know well it's because they just don't know they really don't know like what halt is or they don't know mm-hmm. what like fucking they have never even felt a feeling so the <laughs> really so you know, it's like without alcohol being around it to some mm-hmm. certain degree so it's like, you know, I feel bad for that stuff, but I used to be the same way. Like I was just be so dissociated from myself mm-hmm. that I wouldn't, I wouldn't have any mindfulness about it. Like I, when I relapsed when I was 25, man, I fucking, I was prelapsing for two years before that mm-hmm. and I just didn't know it. And, you know, but if you would have, if somebody from a meeting that I had hung out with two years before would have met me they would have been like dude you need to go to meetings Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know but no but i didn't put myself in front of people you know that were that would have the balls to say that shit so well and i think that's also like it goes to show that people with years of recovery say you with eight years you still go to meetings because you're not trying to slip up you know i think you know you are actively working on staying sober um and changing your behaviors thank you for acknowledging that (laughs) you are too but i think it uh, you know maybe people don't realize like the people that come to the meetings that have multiples of years they're not going there just to like judge people like they're going there because they are they need it too you know what i mean like i i guess i should speak for myself but like you know, whenever I see a newcomer, whenever I see someone that's struggling, not that I want people to struggle, but it's like, oh shit, like I needed to see that. I needed to hear that mm-hmm. because that reminds me of, oh yeah, like I'm not just an observer. Like this is, applies to me and I belong in this meeting. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so important. So I appreciate people who show up to, um, meetings when they're newly sober um because damn it's scary and And especially when they're straight ass honest when they're no like not Mm -hmm. pulling the punch and there's no Mm -hmm. bullshit or nicety to it and then they Mm -hmm. say like how fucking confused or miserable they are (laughs) like Mm -hmm. but that's just like because what that does for me is it makes me go oh yeah i remember that it's almost Mm -hmm. like you know it's just i can like refeel that um that torment of what it what it felt like to be uh you know in the jaws right and i think there's Mm -hmm. the other side of that it's also it is also it's like a it's like a double-sided feeling it's like i can feel the torment of that but i can also feel the other side of that relief that i'm Mm -hmm. that it's not me right and so i can have compassion for that other person to know that like if they just continue on like that they so yeah that and you can give them encouragement and do all those things that go along with it that is all part of the process that we do you know that's that's where the that's where i call the the magic sauce is really it's like helping a newcomer or talking to them when they when they fucking finally launch mm-hmm. <laughs> you know into that fucking like my life sucks kind of thing and they don't hide they're not hiding anything anymore i fucking love that shit um but i love it in that way that like they're starting to get free and they're just making the first initial steps to do that shit 
because I had to do the same thing. You know, I had to cry in meetings. Mm-hmm. I had to like confess that, you know, things were not as good as I would like them to be. Yeah. Well, and I used to think like early on in recovery, you know, maybe even a couple of years in, I was like, you know, these people who have like multiples of years, like, why are they here? Are they just here to like judge everyone and to be Mm -hmm. like, I have X amount of time. I'm, you know, king of AA. Um, (laughs) I always wondered, I was like, you know, what are they getting out of this? Haven't they had enough? Um, and now I, I get it. Um, and, it, and it, maybe it's for more selfish reasons, you know, <laughs> I come to these it can be. It, for me. It can be. Yeah. Um, yeah. but I, I think the point is do something other than, you know, not drinking, like do something beyond that to stay stopped. It's also, you know, it, uh, what we talk about uh, in AA in, in the you know big book, it's like, a, I think it's uh, a doctor's opinion. They talk about, you know, uh, the altruistic, you know, in spiritual planes, right? That's where we operate on. And so, um, or maybe it's um, Bill's story, I forget. But either way, it's in the beginning. It's like, you know, we operate on these two planes, altruism and, and spirituality. And, and the fact is, is like, you know, uh, when you connect and help others, you're like kind of, you're in both of those planes at the same time. And that's where it becomes, like I said, again, that's where the magic sauce is. And it's like to watch people like do what you did, um, you know why that you were helped in the same way, you know, because mm-hmm. it's like, you're like, cause I remember my, my, uh, my second sponsor, I was like my current sponsor. I was like, uh, why the fuck do you keep calling me? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, because I thought he was like, he's like, well, why do you think I keep calling? You know, I'm like, well, because you were trying to convert me to be a Christian. You're a fucking do-gooder, right? Because you know, <laughs> because we're suspicious of people. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. when we don't trust people like that. Like, that's not how that works. So it has to be some motive, right? It has to be mm-hmm. some other thing. Because he he's had plenty of opportunity to like, you know, try and get cash out of me or kind or whatever or pull one over on me, and he hasn't yet. And I'm like. So what does he really want, you know? So it must be a do-gooder thing. He must be trying to convert me to be a Christian and then, you know, give me all, you know, I'll give all my money to his church or I don't know what the fuck it is. But, you know, (laughs) I, uh, you know, and and the truth was is that it was really, it was literally just like, hey, you're an alcoholic and I'm an alcoholic and I just thought that we could help each other. And Mm -hmm. that's just like the fucking beauty of that stuff. I don't know how we got all the way down this trail from, you know, looking out for overrelation. But um, but boy, did we really go. Hey, we <laughs> were just, you know, killing time, yeah. killing time, giving the yeah, people we what riffing. they want. We were riffing. <laughs> we were riffing. All right. So um, I guess, uh, did you did you think of any questions for the kind people on the Spotify? So if 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 you are using Spotify for your podcast uh, enjoyment, you can go to Spotify. And even for this episode, there are questions on like. Our last, I think it was like six episodes. So you can answer the questions on like the last six episodes from here. So Chelsea, what do you think the question is? Hmm. Let me think how to phrase this. Have you ever been, have you ever been, Bend. Oh my God. I can't think of words right now. Basically, oh, I want to know, but I don't want it to be a yes or no question. So maybe you can help me out here. So like, have you ever been concerned that um, you'll relapse from celebrating something or from being happy? Or like, like when was the last time you were celebrating and you felt like you were going to relapse? Or when was the last time... Uh, shit now you got me all confused right <laughs> wait it's yeah. a hard one so when was the last time you felt when was the last time you were celebrating it felt like you would relapse no is that the sure. question i think i think we'll have to kind of tinker with that before but something yeah. about a jubilant mood as they phrased it in living so and the, and the and the the quickest way to end like a yes or no question is just to say describe in detail <laughs> you describing know. great detail <laughs> what you were celebrating 
and, and when how it's it made you feel. Again. <laughs> and, and if you thought of drinking, anyway. So, um, so that's it. That's all she wrote, right? Is it? I think so. Uh, hey, uh, shout out to uh, Bing and Bod Phil, oh, killing yeah, it do some stuff. on Facebook. Dude, still, you know, he's he's looking for the people to join him. I think that that's awesome. Um, I, did you did you see him this morning? I I I pinned him I to the top. It. I, I pinned it. him to the top of the Facebook feed on Soda Pot Live. <laughs> I just like saying I pinned him to the top. Did pinned you hear that, to Phil? The top. Pinned him down. Pinned him, <laughs> pin him to the top. Because, you know, anyway. Um, so um, so what else? Oh, oh, you know, uh, so right now until uh, August, what, whatever it is, August, are we going to say August 31st? 31st? So that is... Uh, till Wednesday, you can sign up for silverpot.com slash member for free forever. If you just go and type in the code member me, and then you will get free access. So I would do it now before it's too late. There's plenty of articles and videos and that would do this live video in there. Um, you know, there's like other eBooks. There's just stuff. Lots of good, look, good recovery stuff. And it's free. Damn it. Oh, and it's free only until Who Wednesday. Who doesn't like it, free? It, but then you can always just choose to not enter the code and go two bucks every month. Mm-hmm. You cancel at any time. By the way, you can cancel at any time. There's no, you know, no, no, no uh, membership. No uh, hard feelings. Withdrawal. Yeah, no hard feelings. All that good stuff. Um, what else? Anything else? That, oh, you're, you're part of the Fire Network. I just want to make sure we say that right up front. Uh, we are still going to be part of the Fire Network. We are still going to be doing uh, stuff with Friends in Recovery. We are still going to be um, looking for people who want to also join the Fire Network uh, and so that we can help promote each other, uh, possibly uh, you know, get guest spots on each other's podcast maybe. You know, just kind of you know, stir up more exposure for each other's work. So I think it'll be fun uh, and something that we should have been doing a long time ago. Other than that, I, th- I think, Chelsea, you're just going to have to, um, you're gonna have to do something to the kind people. You know what? Deuces. <laughs> well, Chelsea deuces you. <laughs> 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 All right. Stay active. Stay sober. See you.